Welcome back to These Amazing Places, show 264 for the week of March 10th, 2014. On this week's show, we will have a new segment brought to us by Adam. We will also have a discussion with Adam, myself, and Cameron about Disneyland's Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye attraction. This segment will wrap up with audio from the queue and a ride through of the attraction. Relax and enjoy. This is Adam, and I'm going to be covering the news for the week of March 9th, 2014. All right, so one of the things that has come up in the last couple of weeks we haven't been able to cover quite as often as we'd like, but on February 27th, the Disney Parks blog announced this amazing uh, enhancement to the Magic Kingdom Park in Walt Disney World. It is going to be a basically refurb and redo of the special viewing area, new pathways and gardens around the castle that's right at the hub of the Magic Kingdom. There's a YouTube video out there on the Disney Parks blog that shows a flyover, which is pretty unique because in essence, if you watch it, you see the new landscaping, you sort of see the new paths and the spokes kind of make it, you know, the spokes that are the original uh, Disney idea, Walt Disney idea of the spokes and how that's spread out. Sort of like another circle around the hub area, which gives you more viewing areas, as well as, I don't know if you anybody really paid attention to this, but there are these additional um, castle-like ex- extensions to the castle. Not that they attach to the castle, but it's sort of like, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a character greet, we'll, we'll find out as the future comes, um, but it's going to be a pretty cool addition to the Magic Kingdom. Of course, it's not going to open until 2015, but it'll be open in phases and it will, uh, construction has already started. So that is something to consider. Uh, one other thing about that, uh, additional seating will be available after this uh, for Casey's Corner and the Plaza restaurant. In fact, it will nearly double the size in seating. And this will be just one of those enhancements that they're going to do for 20, 2015. Uh, we've been talking about the fact that, hey, Disney doesn't really have anything in lieu of what's going on with the, you know, everything that they've done in New Fantasyland and mine tra- uh, Seven Dwarves Mine Train and stuff like that. So 2015, this is one of those landmark things that they're going to be shooting for. All right, something else they announced. Uh, you can now buy a four-day ticket for a party of six or more and get another day free at the Disney parks. So, in essence, this is not a whole big deal, but I crunched the numbers and just wanted to let everybody know. Uh, savings is about $8 per adult and $10 per child. So, you can imagine six people, you know, you're saving at least, you know, 50, 60, 70 bucks, depending on what you got, plus, you know, six or more, so you can add more than that to your party and get that. Uh, Of course, they're trying to promote you to stay in the parks a little longer, which, of course, means uh, all kinds of stuff. You know, you'll buy more food, you'll maybe stay on property longer, all that good stuff. Uh, Something else that came out, which is really, really interesting. Um, Disney announced this through, well, through their website, through a lot of different areas, but they now have an app called Disney Movies Anywhere, And what this app does, it's available for Apple devices on the Apple App Store. Uh, It will be coming, I believe it will be coming to the Android market, uh, if it hasn't already. But what this is, is you download this free app, and it allows you to finally have cloud storage of your movies on Disney's, uh, through Disney's website and through all that stuff. The cool thing about it is, it links back to your iTunes account. So I was skeptical on this, you know, sometimes you read uh, iTunes in the cloud, movies in the cloud. At one point you could download Indiana Jones from iTunes, but it was not available in the cloud. So that just means you couldn't re-download it once you've, you know, lost it, say your hard drive crashed or whatever. However, that is not the case with this, which is very cool. One of the awesome things about it is, if you've ever seen the Incredibles movie or haven't seen it, uh, just for signing up, for this and for the uh, whole account and everything that links to it, you can get the Incredibles movie free for download. It'll download automatically or at least it'll show up in your iTunes account when you do it. However, there is a date. I had to look it up. It's not available easily, but March 25th is the deadline if you want to sign up for this and get the free Incredibles movie. 
Um, otherwise, it won't be free and they won't have this promotion anymore. But anyway, it's really cool. It's awesome. I highly recommend it. Um, one of the biggest things that I liked about it is uh, Frozen and Thor came out the same time they announced this. Um, you can go online now. Uh, so this is what I did. I bought the Thor 2, the Dark World, Thor Blu-ray. It had digital copy on it. Went into iTunes. Actually, I just put in the website that it tells you in the Blu-ray pack. Put in the code. You know, chose the Disney Movies Anywhere app that I wanted to link to that. And now I can go to DisneyMoviesAnywhere.com, access all of the features that I can on the Blu-ray online through the cloud, through a web browser. On top of that, it also I can download it off of iTunes in the cloud, and it's linked to my iTunes account. Uh, there are some disclaimers out there. Uh, it does say you need to be a member of the Disney Movie Rewards, which is another perk, because if you are, it's a free access. You get points towards movies is what it does. Uh, you get points just for linking your account, and any purchase you make on iTunes also goes into this. And anyway, it's a great segue to go in between the two companies uh, something that hasn't been done a whole lot usually disney has their own thing and you buy off disney and itunes has their own thing and you buy off itunes and the two don't work together this is a really cool thing out there and only look in the future for this to expand i'm sure they came up with a good deal there um but anyway it benefits us the greatest uh one last thing i want to mention uh that is on march 17th Big Thunder Mountain is going to reopen in Disneyland. Now, I was just talking to Cameron over in Disney. You know, he, he's our listener over. He's our contributor over in the West Coast over there in California. And he I th- sounded like he would already he was already going to attend this. So if it hasn't already been uh, released by the time you listen to this, check it out. Go to follow us on Twitter or you can go to our Flickr page or go to YouTube. I'm sure we're going to post all kinds of stuff from this. Apparently, Big Thunder Mountain has undergone some crazy refurbs lately that um, just are making it incredible. Something that Walt Disney World does not have in regard to some of the effects that are going on and just a lot of the cool stuff that's gone on there. Uh, it was a long extended refurb, so we'll see what comes out of that. I haven't seen anything from that. I haven't talked to Cameron about it, but uh, we're excited to stay tuned to that. I guess there's one more thing I should announce uh, that did also come out. The Festival of the Fantasy Parade in Walt Disney World is now officially open as of, as of March 9th. So uh, something that we saw previews of, uh, a lot of people had it out there. They did a press thing. They did a sort of a red carpet uh, introduction to some of the characters. They didn't really do any of the unique, you know, popular characters like Maleficent or any of those characters, but they had some of the costuming and floats. This is supposed to be one of the pretty cool uh, newest attractions to Walt Disney World coming in 2014. So stay tuned. I'm sure people will have it out there. And uh, maybe when Doug and Cameron hit the parks in September, if all goes well, we can capture that for you or get anything else you'd like for us. All right. So thanks a lot for uh, staying tuned to the news. Uh, We'll be back here after a short break. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, to, on today's broadcast, we've got Cameron and Adam, and we are talking Disneyland Indiana Jones and the, what is it called here? Indiana Jones what, Cameron? It's Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. Okay. I should dun, remember. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, anyway, uh, this is a absolutely cool attraction. I've been on it once, way back when it first opened, so... Uh, uh, we're going to go in and just give you some general information about it, so you know height requirements, uh, things like that about the attraction, and then uh, we're going to have a little discussion here about it, and then we're going to play the audio right through, 
and I think some cue sounds also from it. So anyway, how are you guys doing? Doing very well on this end. Uh, it's a little warmer now, but we're hitting back into the cold, but no complaints. Te great technically right now it's 60 degrees warmer than what it was, what, a month and a half ago? <laughs> I was going to say a week <laughs> and a half ago. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Cameron doesn't know anything about that. Remember, he lives in perfect land. <laughs> yeah. It's 81 well, degrees here right now. Is it really? Yep. No flooding just, rains today, though, right? Don't okay. forget, I mean, he, he's close to Disney, so if you're close to Disney, I mean, that's perfect land that's anyway. That's true. So. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 Earthquakes, <laughs> fires, it doesn't matter. Yeah. you got Disneyland a few minutes away, so you're good. Exactly. Yeah, it's protected from all that. That doesn't happen That's there. it. Yeah, there's a barrier. You just don't see it. <laughs> that's cool. The all right. Dust. It's some magic. Yep. Okay, that's so cool. Indiana Jones. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Adam, you want to go ahead and give some general information on it, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about some other stuff along the way. Sure. So we're going to start with the, some of the notes that Doug wrote down. And usually, if you guys remember from our past shows when we went to Walt Disney World and did all the rides there, in fact, I think we have almost all of them. If not, we're trying to catch in to make sure we get them all. Um, but we like to talk about some of the basics that are available to you when you first walk into the park or online. And so the first thing is the height requirement. It is 46 inches or 117 centimeters for those outside the United States coming in uh, or taller. Uh, it is Disney Fast Pass service available. You do have rider switch available and, and there is a single rider line. Can you, guys, um, can you guys remind me what rider switch is? Is that the like kid swap thing? This, these are your notes, so I'm <laughs> guessing that's what it is. Um, okay. Yeah, I think let's, it is. Actually. Hang on here. I'm going to click on it. I'm okay. Yeah. But see, keep in mind that this is no longer available at Walt Disney World. Right. So that's I'm true. not sure if Disneyland is going to closely delay, you know, do, do away with this eventually or what. So you mean if they get Fast Pass or not? You oh, know what I mean? Just, a magic, magic situation. Right. Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay, so, yeah, we don't really need to go that direction then. Okay. Okay. Uh, next up on the list is, you, uh, in terms, we always like to talk about wheelchairs and, uh, you know, ECV access accessible and all that jazz. Uh, if the, anybody who's listening hasn't listened to the show in a while, uh, Connor, Doug's son's in a wheelchair. We've also got Cameron. His wife has a boot that she has to wear and get around the parks in, so it's nice to have a wheelchair for her. Um so from this attraction, you do have to transfer from the wheelchair or the ECV to, ECV to the ride vehicle. And there is hearing disability services available. Uh, we'll probably, I'm guessing if you guys did know enough about it, we should probably talk a little bit about that a little later uh, as we get to the attraction, right? Okay. Yeah, I can even tell you uh, as far as transferring too, a lot of people think that means you absolutely have to be able to stand up and get yourself over into the vehicle. And I've actually uh, heard from people and witnessed it that uh, many people will just climb out of their chair and climb across. Uh, a lot of times knee pads are great if you don't have pants on, but they can climb across down into or up into the vehicle. So it's it's possible. Uh, I've seen it done on uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, I've seen it done on several attractions, so. Okay, well, while we're in that discussion, Cameron, can you tell me does this ride load the same exact way as Dinosaur does in Walt Disney World? Yes, I'd say it absolutely does. And like Walt Disney World, you have to take an elevator to get there. I think you take an elevator with Dinosaur, right? No. Uh, no you do an you do have to take an elevator in a wheelchair, but if for everybody else, you go down steps. Right, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I did forget about that because there is that one, yeah, that load area. Okay, I forgot yeah. about that, actually. Right, so it is pretty similar to like Dinosaur and Walt Disney World. It's probably exactly the same. Yeah, Connor's yeah. never done the attraction, Dinosaur, so he, he values yeah. his life and his hearing too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this one's kind of the same way, just like that. The loudness is really loud. Is it really? That's Okay, so once again, Adam, what you said before, probably wow. hiding the pneumatic sounds and all that stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Well, all I can say, obviously, I haven't ridden this attraction. We're talking Disneyland. Uh, in Dinosaur... Uh, the first thing you do is you go up this huge hill. Well, obviously, in order to account for the hills and stuff in the attraction, they have you go down so that you can load on the lower level to go up the hill. 
which I'm sure there's reasons in this attraction for the same way. So, yes, okay. and it's kind of the same way like that too. You go upstairs and around, like the track kind of go down, like you said. It's like the exact same way. Okay. Okay. Well, I've also made put some stuff in here, especially in this attraction about the attraction itself and their notes that were taken. But I just really wanted to read some of them and then stop and discuss some of this stuff. Some of it definitely applies. Uh, Cameron actually sent me a card, and we'll get into that, that, that applies to uh, this information. So it says that the uh, Indiana Jones Adventure Temple of the Forbidden Eye is set in 1936 India, and is told through 12 letters and telegrams scattered throughout the queue, as well as three newsreels shown before guests board the attraction. Uh, Indiana Jones has reunited missing fragments of a map scroll of parchment documenting the precise location of an ancient Bengalese temple, the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. Okay, so what's this about the letters anyway, um, Cameron? Um, the letters are kind of scattered throughout the ride, and I still haven't really found a lot of it. There's a lot of detail in this queue. I mean, there's so much stuff you can look at. The fact that it says 1936 India, you can hear kind of music coming out of the radio and the PAs oh, around. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with all you the, can. Uh, music in it, and, it, and there's like a kind of a guy who interrupting like this is newsreel, you know, kind of like back then, telling you about the temple, and it's you just kind of look around and pay attention. That's why in this line, it's kind of nice to have the line because you look at the stuff. Because if you're rushing to the line, and you, you will miss everything. You'll miss kind of the storyline. There's just so much stuff you see, and there's, even now, you're I think right. It's there's, been, there's a ton yeah. of detail in this. I mean, there's yeah. a story that's so deep that. Yeah, I mean, you can continue to look into it uh, for a long time, and it goes way outside of just, you know, getting on the ride and taking off. Yes, absolutely. Let's see here. Okay, uh, the Temple of the Forbidden Eye contained, uh, contained countless intriguing artifacts buried beneath silt uh, by a flood of the Lost River Delta over 2,000 years ago is undergoing excavation by archaeological research. The temple deity, Mara, seems to conditionally offer one of three gifts to all who come to the hallowed site earthly riches eternal youth or visions of the future the only condition is that one may never gaze into the eyes of mara okay let's stop there for a second they oh just, yeah they just upgraded this right cameron yes they did and then well let me mention this like every time you see kind of the goddess mara in the temple she always has her eyes closed every single image so you're not supposed to look into the eye but you know we all know somebody in the car is going to look at the eye. So they kind of build up to this moment where somebody screws up, you know, your destiny and you go to the bad part of the temple. So this used to be, you go kind of in this chamber of destiny where you choose one of three doors, but you know, it's kind of like rat randomized. You, you go through one of the doors. It depends on what ride you're on, I guess, and how often you go on it to see which ones. But when you go through the door, then you see the face, and that's supposed to be the Temple Deity Mara. And when it does now, there's a projection on the face, so when it, it'll look at you, and the eyes will open, and then the face will kind of melt off, and then you don't go to your riches, you know, you don't go to the Fountain of Youth, you go to the Gates of Doom, and this takes you into the bad part of the temple. Okay. Cool. Okay, so that gets us uh, through that part. Yep. Okay. Uh, I, I, go ahead. Question about that though, because yeah, absolutely. Just so you can clarify, because I've never seen it. Um, so is that like part of the queue when you're doing that, or is that in the ride car? No, this is the time? first kind of part of the ride. Yeah. So the queue cool. basically builds you up to the to meeting, you know, the deity kind of through this chamber of destiny, and you're supposed to, you know, normally this is part of the storyline. If you don't look at the eye, you just go and get collect your riches and you go home. But somebody does something wrong and it goes the other way and it takes you into the ride part where all the fun stuff is you know okay cool yeah okay so let's we'll continue on here sala has begun conducting guided tours good fortune has come to many of the tours who survive but others have not returned promising to find the missing tours jones ventured inside the temple approximately one week ago and has not yet reappeared jones also hoped to find the temple's power source the mysterious jewel of power which abner raven would believe to be within an immense cavern beyond the gates of doom marcus brody now you see marcus in videos in the beginning in the queue correct camera uh, kind of yeah this this whole thing there's a part of the queue where it takes you to kind of a newsreel room where like an old camera is kind of running and it takes you to like salas the whole storyline is basically told in front of your eyes so it'll, it, it gets to all this stuff and you know what reading this i didn't realize it was that detail yeah see this is well this is the reason why 
I thought I'm going to yeah. read through this and we'll discuss this too along the way. Uh, okay, so uh, Marcus Brody has asked Sala to continue conducting the tours in the hope that they may locate Dr. Jones. The attraction's immersive and carefully detailed queue leads guests through dimly, dimly lit temple chambers and eerie passageways containing booby trap sections reminiscent of the Indiana Jones movies. So, anyway, uh, let's. So, it does go back into talking about the queue here a little bit. Uh, I did want to ask you about that. It says that there's a Mercedes Benz troop transport truck out there. That was really in the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's in the queue. Yep, that's the exact one in the Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm going to have to get a picture of it next time I go in there. It's pretty neat to see. And then there's a small mining car near the truck as well. It's a movie prop yeah. uh, for Indiana it's Jones and the Temple like, of Doom. I didn't know that until I started reading afterwards. Like, oh, that's been there the whole time. It just fits in to and, the queue. And I remember the mining car. That's the one that they were riding, and they jumped tracks and did all that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay, that was. that's what I always thought that they would do a movie, you know, a whole section on that. So, I mean, that could have been a ride in its own. Yeah. This, okay. to me, is what makes Disneyland Disneyland. I mean, I know Disney World has those things, but because Disneyland is right there next to Hollywood, it's kind of cool to just, oh, yeah, let's just drop the props in the ride and leave them there, you know? Yep. It's cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And this one really, this one really did take the cake. I mean, it's like a, it's like a, like, I don't know. I'd like to say, like, the most intense dark ride you've ever been on, you know? Well, it is. is and even the queue. I don't think before this ride I'd ever been inside of a queue that was this detailed. I had right? not been in a queue I thought that was yeah. this cool since right. the first time I went into Pirates of the Caribbean and, and Disney and Magic Yeah, Kingdom. and that's not even a big queue. No. This is a passive. Adam, if you ever see this, it's, I can't even describe it to you. I mean, you've been on the Mummy queue and seen that one. Yes. It's, it's just... It's way more intense than that one even is. Well, too. we're going to have some video coming out, too, on the uh, uh, Disneyland Daily videos that we're doing uh, from this. Not of the ride itself, but of the queue. So it'll show some of this stuff along the way. So if people cool. just watch out for that, I'll, I'll introduce that here later. So awesome. anyway, uh, guests also walk by a noisy steam-powered engine generator set generator set piece, which appears to power the lights strung deep into the temple. Once again, just that... That thing of just uh, immersing you into the realism of what's going on. And, and you know what? That thing, you'll hear it, it goes, right? And at night, when it slows down, the lights will dim. Like, they'll really get dim when the thing slows down. So. Okay, and it says here, um, also, much of the queue is inside the temple itself, which I remember it being cool in there. And it is. Yep. It, does, it does feel like you're in a uh, like a stone structure. Yes. Uh, which is, I mean, what you're in, but it really does feel that kind of damp, uh, yeah. damp, slightly humid uh, climate around you. Okay, let's see here. This is the part that I really wanted to get into, and we'll, we can talk about this more. Uh, throughout the bowels of the temple, uh, petroglyphs in uh, Marabic warn temple visitors of the rewards and perils that can be found further within. The glyphs can be translated into English using a, a simple character substitution encoding. In the early months of the attraction's existence, guests were given decoder cards. While these cards are no longer distributed, the code is easily solvable as each symbol bears a strong resemblance to its corresponding letter in the English alphabet. The sole exception is the letter I, which appropriately resembles the I, NI, where the text is painted, vowels appear in red. So, this text is up on the walls as you walk through, correct? Yes, it's everywhere, and I I have yet to find all of it because I want to translate all of it. I used to love this thing back when I when I first had an annual pass. There was when this ride first opened, and it was like the 40th anniversary of the park. It was it was amazing. They like I said they used like you said they gave out these cards, and like every time I'd go on, I get one of these cards and. I was just kind of when I was a kid, I was obsessed with this writing. To even I would write it at school, you know, just to kind of get the language down. It was just the coolest thing, and that just immerses you even more into it. The fact that they invented their own language that was pretty neat. And I think uh, uh, I'll try to put a picture of the card up on our Flickr site, so uh, so that people can kind of see it, see what it looked like. Okay, let's see here. The queue contains several interactive features in the spike room. The ceiling appears to be retained by several upright bamboo poles. When the key supporting the pole is pushed, guests are startled by sounds of the ceiling dropping as the spikes begin to descend slowly toward them. Is that Does that still work? Oh, yeah. That, that scares a lot of people. It's really fun. That's awesome. 
you'll just go buy it and it says do not touch this pole but you know it's disney so whenever it says do not do something you got to do it yeah so people will, will you know they'll push it and it'll go like this big giant sound and scare everybody it's great that's cool i was hoping yeah, that... I, I was hoping that you wouldn't uh you wouldn't tell me oh yeah it doesn't work anymore so no. what'd, what'd you say adam I was just going to say, that is awesome. That is yeah. so awesome. Because you'll get the people who don't even see it. They'll hear it and get scared because they don't even know what's going on. And that's what the great part is. Okay, in the next area, large stone blocks released from the ceiling, triggered by diamond-shaped stones below, are barely kept in place by wooden wedges and supports. And I, I assume that... So that's just a visual thing? Yeah, that's just a visual thing. And you'll see the... There's ones that come all the way down, and you'll see at the bottom the like kind of the cement is cracked all around it. That's really cool. You know, I'll try and get some pictures of that too. Okay. Uh, uh, further on in the rotunda calendar, pulling on a rope triggers responses from uh, Dr. Dunfer Pullet, an out of sight <laughs> archaeologist supported by the rope beneath the sarcophagus stone. And, and you guys and, know this guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Anybody who's been to the Indiana Jones. Uh, stage show in hollywood studios you have to go over if you haven't go over and pull on the rope there in the well it's the same guy and everything right yep it's the exact same sound i was like because i didn't even know until i heard your recording of it i was like that's our guy that's cool i didn't know yeah. his i didn't know his name until i read this that is yeah, funny. To, I, that's a done for done for that's great <laughs> standard disney disney yep. stories yeah. Okay, various crates throughout the queue contain some significant features. One marked with the number 9906753 refers to the number on the crate holding the Ark of the Covenant in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Another Very crate, cool. and you've, you've seen this crate, Cameron? <laughs> Actually, no, I didn't even know that was there. That's crazy. Really? Okay, well, good. Yeah. So we're, we're teaching the, uh, the, the native Californian guy about yeah, this, too. That's seriously. great. Uh, good thing you're listening to the show this time, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's, okay. Uh, another crate is marked Deliver to Club Obi-Wan, referring to a fictional club at the beginning of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Itself is a reference to the character Obi-Wan Kenobi from Star Wars. Did you know that was there? Uh, no, actually. You know what, guys? And you know what? I'll try and get pictures of all this stuff. That's fine. I don't... For, listen, everybody who's out there listening, Cameron has absolutely, like, killed himself getting... <laughs> video and audio and stuff and i mean the guy has covered almost every square inch of the park video wise and picture wise so far and now he's starting to nail down all the audio so soon um whatever is in disneyland you'll know thanks to cameron so yeah, thanks man well <laughs> it's because doug you're such a slave driver so you know that's what it is yeah <laughs> poor cameron that's what that's what adam that's what doug says he's all when you're in the parks you don't stop moving yeah right? you keep moving you just don't he calls me yeah. can i please get a bite to eat and i'm like not until you're done <laughs> yeah just you wait until you guys are on that trip together so watch out yeah <laughs> i always tell cameron get that del taco before you head into the parks because there's no more food for the rest of the day seriously <laughs> uh. anyway okay uh eventually guests encounter a projection of a newsreel on the uh of the discovery followed by a safety spiel by sala i think that is this in the queue i mean in the audio Yeah, this is in the okay. queue yeah this is in the audio too and I'll, i get a whole thing of the of his spiel with the safety and everything. And then I think I get one or two newsreels too. Cause in between each one, there's like a different newsreel and that's where you get the storylines with Brody and Salah. And the whole thing is Indiana Jones is missing. And it doesn't say this here, but after you see this part with the, with the movie and everything, his office is back there. Yes. So, it, and these offices back there. I need to get pictures. It of does. It, it does say this farther, a little bit farther down in the article. Oh, okay. It talks about anyway. I'll, so part of the attraction extends into what was once the Eeyore section of Disneyland's parking lot as a tribute. An Eeyore sign is supported by wood scaffolding at the very back oh. of the projector room. Mickey That's and Minnie funny. appear on the cover of a copy of Life magazine in Professor Jones's office. Yeah, and that's one of the coolest things because we've always wanted to see Indiana Jones' office. So yeah, you definitely. see his desk kind of cluttered the way he left it when he disappeared. See, this is this is great stuff. I, I knew yeah. it. When I walked into this attraction, I was completely blown away. So they just they don't build them like this anymore, guys. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that that's really cool about the parking lot. And so I thought while you guys were talking, I thought, well, I don't even know when did this ride open. It says here and maybe something to talk about. 
uh, in regard to Disneyland. Uh, the attraction premiered in Disneyland on March 3rd. So actually really close to the time we're recording this, 1995 and opened yep. to the general public the day after. I know so, this, um, this sounds like a long time ago to you guys, but I was actually there on the opening day or week and I was there with my son, my oldest son. So, okay. Okay. So, so I do have to qu ask a question though. How much of did Disneyland really change? Like, I mean, only this area changed around that time. If there was a parking lot there. Yeah, so, it did. The I think the Eeyore parking lot was really close to the the main gates. So they just kind of plowed it over, and you'll see. You can see the outside of the building kind of extend outside. Of where the original kind of border is to Disneyland, it's the, it's a huge building. Okay. Yeah, and I think a lot of it goes underground, yeah. so they probably had to plow underground under the parking structure, and just it wouldn't hold cars, you know. Sure, sure. That's interesting because uh, I think about Pirates of the Caribbean and Walt Disney World, and I know for a fact over there, part of the reason you go through down deep and then you go down a rut like down that waterfall is because from that point on, you're actually outside the ra the railroad tracks and everything outside the park because they couldn't fit that huge Pirates of the Caribbean inside oh. the park. So anyway, that's... Yeah, I didn't know that. That's and interesting. Yeah, don't they yeah. take you down to get you under the tracks and then you come out yes. basically in what seems like the cavern area you know, Which, with the ship? And... If you, it's, and if you pay attention at the end of the ride, you know how you have to go up? to get out right it's because you're coming back up into the normal level of you know the magic kingdom and all that stuff so oh, something nice. interesting yeah okay well does anybody else have a cameron you want to throw anything else in there that we haven't covered uh about this no track? it's just you know if you've been Wait. on dinosaur or anything like that um i don't know if you want to talk about the intensity yeah i do want to get into that i just thought yeah. of okay. i would say go through my questions i have and if you want me to i can lead it yeah so. go ahead and lead that yeah so. go ahead Okay, so my first thought was uh, describe the age appropriate appropriateness of the ride in regard. Obviously, we got the, the height requirement, but in terms of intensity and all that stuff, what I don't know. What would you say? I'd say over ten. I mean, when I was when I went first went on it, I was fifteen, and honestly, the line kind of freaks you out. You know, it does everything it can to scare you before you go on it. I think. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I remember being little and being, because like when I, whenever I'm scared, I kind of talk a lot and I get really nervous. And this one, I mean, the first time I ever got nervous on a ride was Space Mountain. And it, it hadn't really happened until I got to this one. And I was older. So this was really like, well, this is something kind of different. Because they really, like the way they really immerse you, I guess it is the same way the kind of the mummy immerses you. Like it kind of scares you. Well, and tell me too, uh, Cameron, when you're in the queue, did you feel trapped kind of? Because it's dark yeah, and you are. Yeah, a little are. bit. They, do they get parts of it kind of get really close together like the bat room there's a room with the kind of all these bats and these stalactites and stalagmites and it gets kind of a little tight in there especially with a lot of people and then the spike rooms a little bit and then it opens up into the rotunda and stuff but yeah okay so the question then would you would you describe it in that way because of the immersive feeling of it or would you describe it also in the say this storyline and say all these cues and dark things weren't necessarily part of the ride it was just sort of the ride itself is the ride itself a really you know extreme thrill ride or is it really just not too bad of a ride it's just because of the nature of the, the design and the immersiveness no i would worse. call it i would call it thrilling i mean okay. they they throw you around really good in the ride and there's parts where skeletons come out of their, you know, they're out of their sarcophaguses and kind of get, you know, and then there's like, there's a bug scene, there's a snake scene. It's kind of like Harry Potter in the fact they're kind of throwing everything from each movie at you. Okay. So it's like there's, and there's a room full of skulls. There's a part where it looks like you're running into rats and then they shoot you with spikes. So, I mean, it sounds like you're being tortured, you know? Sure. Sure. So, but I don't know. I, I, I also, like I said, I always say this because it just depends on the kid. You know, there's there's kids right. that'll just do anything without thinking or not even caring. So yeah, I had a daughter like that. Yeah, that <sighs> would ride like the most ridiculous roller coasters anything. at yeah. seven years old. Yeah, but yeah. this is cool because it's not. It's a new kind of fear. It's not like fear of going up really high or going really fast. It's no, this like, is the fear of the unknown. Right. Yes. And after you go on it, then you'll decide like, oh, I kind of like that or. No, that was too much for me. I think I think everyone should ride it first and just see. 
Okay, and then this isn't on my notes, but this is coming from me thinking of all the rides. How does it compare in regard to, you know, ups, downs, upside downs, stuff like that, if you compare Dinosaur? Now, I know the ride is just like the Dinosaur in terms of the, t the car, but then I'm adding Mummy in there as well because we've referred to Mummy. Is it like, is it more like Dinosaur, more like Mummy, different than both right. of them? No, it's it's just like Dinosaur. There's no, okay. like, it, you know, it goes a little, you know, Dinosaur kind of goes really fast and stops really fast and kind of, you know, it's like on hydraulics. It's like yes. that. They did say, I read in another article, the top speed of the vehicle is 14 miles per hour. Yeah, it's not fast. Or wow. I, yeah. And they did say, too, that they use, um, uh, like, uh, oh, is that there? Maybe, yes. I think that they, it's either there or it's, yeah, I think it's there. They use a magnetic, uh, like the maglev stuff to push the vehicle. It could be this. Yeah, I can't. Anyway, because of, uh, I believe they said in the Florida one, it uses hydraulics. 40 gallons of hydraulic fluid, and whenever a line breaks, uh, uh, yeah, it makes a complete mess, uh, like a hazmat situation to get it cleaned up. And yeah, California has a law against a certain amount of uh, those types of fluid being spilled at one time. And so to alleviate that problem, yeah, they, that vehicle there actually runs through more of like the maglev technology. Interesting. Huh, so like, I wonder if it feels different than the one in Dinosaur. You know what I mean? I, I guess I would the only think one like this, tell is Adam because Adam's been on only one. Yeah, I would think the start and stop would feel different, but uh, I don't know. It's been too long ago now. Yeah, that's really interesting. I would say dinosaurs rough. It's pretty rough. Oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. So is I, I say it's that rough. I mean, it does it jerks around pretty good? Like it's like, during the audio, man. It was, it's. I mean, it, it, or video. Video is like almost impossible. I'm surprised I got any of it on video. I mean, yeah, it's you're bouncing around good. Like you have to hold on, or else you'll be flying everywhere. Yeah, or you, yeah, okay. you end up with a snapped spine or something, or a broken arm <laughs> when it slams against the side of the car. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, it's. I I just remember, yeah, in dinosaur, you got to hang on there. There's no putting your arms in the air and screaming because you get thrown out of the vehicle against a wall. Yeah. All right. Uh, ready on for the next questions. Uh, is the queue inside or outside? The reason I ask that. Thinking heat, weather, all that jazz. What's what's the queue looking like? Uh, there's a little bit of the queue outside, and it's kind of just the I don't know. I guess the esplanade of the temple. It's kind of this big waiting area, and that's where you see all the cars and the the what is the giant generator and the mine cars. But it's not that big. I don't okay. Know. There's probably I don't know. It's it's small, but there's like four or five switchbacks to kind of alleviate, and then there's a long way in, like a bridge. Okay. So, and you know what? That's kind of for just a standby line. What they do is on that bridge, they'll stop people and like, they kind of let groups of like, I guess 40 or 30 people go in the temple at once. And then they cut it off for like a minute and then they'll let another group go in. It used to be kind of just a consistent line, but I think with fast pass and all that stuff, they, they had to find a way to get both parties in. So they just leave gaps. So you run through, when you're inside, you actually go through it pretty quickly because it's not backed up. Usually by the time you get to like, I guess maybe the spike room or the bat chamber, that's when the line stops and that's almost towards the end. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So sort of in reference to, okay, I might as well ask the next one. How long is the wait typically? I said an average day, it's probably 30, 45 minutes. It's not bad on a really crowded day. You know, I'd say an hour, two hours. And then on a, on a like probably normal weekday, it's only 20 minutes. Like if it's not like on a slow day. Okay. And so then, they, they uh, found a way to kind of get people in and out of that ride pretty quickly with the fast pass and all that stuff. So is it difficult kind of to nice. get a fast pass for it? Yeah. And the fast passes for that one are actually pretty accurate. So if it says a 20 minute wait or 30 minute wait, usually your fast pass is 30 minutes later. But are the fast passes used up fairly early in the day? No. Okay. Uh, I think depends on crowds, but on a normal day, no, it'll be ready. It'll probably be available to like seven or eight. That's great, man. Yeah. I was thinking Toy cool. Story Mania. <laughs> yeah, and, we don't Toy have Story that Man. kind of thing here. Ours, Toy Story Mania, is Raider Springs, but we'll get that. We'll get back to that. Yeah. But the huh. Indy's not like that. Indy usually has fast passes till the end of the night. Okay. What so? What are your tips to our listeners on when to choose to ride this attraction? I would ride this as soon as possible. This ride, the only problem with this ride, I'd say, is it's prone to breakdowns. 
And if it's open when you get in, you know it's open. You know, you'll get right on it. And it's usually not a bad line in the morning. So, but okay. it usually crowds up at the normal times, kind of 11, 12 in the afternoon, like any other ride. So this so, is basically a first to get on ride. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, like I said, the only thing I worry about is the breakdowns because you could wait in that line for like 45 minutes, get to the end and, and it breaks down. And you're I've had it happen once a long time ago and that was kind of awful. And you just skip out of line then? and I mean, if Yeah, it's... or you can wait. But one time, we I think we actually waited 20 minutes, and they never turned it back on, so we just left. So we wasted a good amount of time doing nothing. Interesting. Wow. So, yeah, I, I, I think they're better at it now. There have been a lot of refurbs on it, so I think whenever it goes down now, it's not down for too long. I mean, it used to be a lot worse than it is. It's, it's I think, yeah, I haven't really seen it go down since it's been back up the last time. Well, I mean, think about it. You're talking about almost a 20-year-old ride now. Yeah. And they say most of the attractions are good for 30 years. And then that's when they really will start looking at replacing an attraction. Yeah, I uh, think this one's just rough. I don't know. if it's. I think it's all the technology, too. It's really... It, if, when you go on it, you'll see, like, how many moving objects and things there are working. It's, it's a lot of... It's just a lot. So I imagine like any little thing that goes out of whack probably throws the whole thing off and they got to fix it. All right, cool. Um, how about any tips on riding this attraction? And I say that in regard to, uh, I don't know, let's say we know it's a rough ride. Should you be prepared? Should you, uh, you know, make sure you're holding on to the bar? Maybe you don't want to hold on to the bar. I have some ideas on dinosaur and riding that. It's actually, yeah. it took me a couple rides to get through at least, but I have some ideas to make that one a little smoother for everybody. But anything else in regard to this that you might suggest? No, just, just hold on tight. Don't, don't jerk your head around or anything. Don't, it'll, if you're, if you have like anything injured, I wouldn't go on it. So in other words, when you always see that sign about back injuries and stuff like that, yes, you should probably heed especially. that warning on this. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. like, and like dinosaur kind of, Kristen had worry when she went on that about her foot so she didn't really enjoy the ride because she wore her foot would bang against everything and that's kind of what happens on this you're if you leave like your whole body loose you'll be flying like a ragdoll so i <laughs> okay. just kind of hold on tight and just be prepared you know for jerking around and stuff interesting yeah okay. it's just it's just jerky i don't know how to describe it it's like yeah it's especially if you're like loose and like if you have your hands like we we i think me and my buddy tried it with the, I'll hold it onto the bar, and it was it was rough. Let's it ask it this good. way: Is it Matterhorn jerky? Yes. Okay. And a lot of people complain about Matterhorn just yeah. actually even bruising them. Yeah, especially if you don't hold on, you just gotta you know just use common sense. You know, if you know your arm is hurt, protected. Don't so, sit in the car and try to record audio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and watch out for the people oh, around yes. you too, because they might be flying around. I mean. One time, the lady in front of me, her hair was like on the bar, and uh, you know what I mean. It's just you're flying everywhere. Wait a minute, did you happen to grab her hair while it was on the bar? No, I, but oh. I was. Just, yeah, that's well, what I thought of, you were gonna say. There's two sets of bars. Well, it's like you almost grab it, and then you know people's hair are flying everywhere, especially if people have like long hair. It's 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 chaos. But so, it's a fun chaos. It's a lot of fun. I don't know. I think Adam would really like it, honestly. Cool. Well, I got to tell you that I found this is my best place to be able to enjoy dinosaur. Obviously, if you can handle the loudness, uh, you know, that's one thing. Um, yeah, honest... Maybe, actually, let's ask that. How, really, seriously, is this really as loud as dinosaur? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. Because the if, when you hear the audio, too, it'll be, you know, it's all the Indiana Jones music. That's all just screaming at you, kind of. And before we play the audio, too, Cameron, tell them what the thump is in there. Oh, the thump. You'll hear the thump at the end of the recording, too. And that's that's the arrow hitting the recorder at the end. So one of the spikes actually hit the recorder. I had to jam it out. The recorder looks okay, though, guys. I think it made it. I'm glad that, I'm glad that we got some other attractions before you got to this one because we sent that thing and we didn't have any recorders. So, you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> It still made it. It's all right. A little, little dusty. Yeah. A, little, a little, a large hole. But yeah, what the yeah. heck. But at least you got a souvenir from Disney. I'll give you guys the spike. Oh, that's awesome. There we go. Through the recorder, right? Yeah, right. No, just through the mic. Oh, know? okay. It was just through the bad mic, though, so yeah. it didn't really affect it. Right, so it's no biggie. <laughs> yeah, better the recorder than your hand or something. Yeah, exactly. That thing saved my life. 
Cool. All right. Cool. Well, I was just going to say, uh, in my tip that I found out in Dinosaur, actually, I don't hold on to the bar, but what you have to do is you have to give your, the pretty much from your waist down, you have to give yourself a strong foundation. In other words, it's sort of almost like I played basketball and you, like when you play defense, you have to pretty much like bend over and bend your legs and let your legs do the movement. And so if you ride this attraction, sitting on the seat, making sure your legs are stable and strong when you move, your torso kind of moves with the car, then the top half of you doesn't move as much. It's actually, I have found that that's a little bit more enjoyable, especially in regard to my back, not getting smashed against that seat so many times. Yeah, so I don't know if that makes any sense to everybody, but. No, uh, it does. That's a great idea, Adam. That's good. For, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't so, know how to sit sometimes, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. It, it sort of took me, I think we rode dinosaur like three or four times. So I had enough time oh to like, <laughs> yeah. Over time. Rough. Well, let's see. One time we got the audio, it sounded horrible. Then we had to rewrite it to get better audio. Then I was with some new people who hadn't read it, wrote it before, so we wrote it again. And I don't know. I actually, it's weird, but Dinosaur is one of my higher attractions. Yeah, I love I it. Yeah. I love it. I love okay. it. I love Dinosaur. Oh, yeah, then I, you'll love this because I, I almost think, and don't quote me on this, I think it's the same track, but it's just different pacing. Yeah, I believe it is. Yeah. Yep. Isn't that, cool. That's interesting though, because if you go on this and you go on Dinosaur, I cannot tell it's the same track at all. I'm telling you, I would just tell people, uh, just to take some earplugs, pop them out, yes. put them in your ears, yeah. because it'll help you enjoy the attraction a lot more. I mean, yeah. you, hey, I mean, the visuals on both of these attractions are amazing, and what ruins it for a lot of people uh, can be just how loud it is. You find yourself concentrating more on preparing for the next shrieking sound that you know. <laughs> so if you're not doing that then you're okay cool all right we all ready? right i say i say we've talked enough what do you say we play something for let's them? let's play this audio all right, all right. everybody enjoy. enjoy this and we'll be back after uh, after the audio is done What you've been hearing is uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Forbidden Eye, the line. I'm going to the line right now. Thank you. 
snakes. You guys are on your own. That was fun. Hope you all enjoyed that. Okay, great audio. I hope everybody enjoyed that. And so uh, uh, I think we gave you plenty of tips and things to watch out for. And things to help you enjoy the attraction. Even you, Cameron, enjoy it more than you already have. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, so, I, I just, I, again, I, you know, I haven't been there yet. So I thank Cameron for putting this stuff together. And I really hope anybody out there, I don't know, we've covered Disney World a whole bunch. I'm sure we have more, I don't know, maybe we don't have more Disney World followers than Disneyland followers. But I hope... For me, for sure, listening to audio like this is what makes me that much more want to go to Disneyland and enjoy it and take it in, you know. So, well, great any, stuff. And anybody who hasn't caught it yet, uh, we're doing a, a video a day, short video every day from the Disneyland parks uh, called the Disneyland Daily. So, get out there and check those out on our YouTube uh, channel if you haven't been already out there. We're YouTube.com/slash these amazing places go out there and subscribe anyway well it's been a fun show again guys so uh next week we'll have uh radiator springs racers coming sounds good all right guys This podcast has been brought to you by the fun folks at theseamazingplaces.com. Thanks for listening.